This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, I'm Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 7th, episode 3014, brought to you today by State Line Tech. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Well, coming up on today's show, we have Beyond the Ribbon Spotlight writer Charlotte Merrill Smith. And this time, she's in the ribbons. So we're going to talk about that. We have our Daily Dose Health Report. It brings us Dr. Latcher talking about dapples. It seems like we always get Dr. Latcher on to talk about the strangest things. <laughs> <laughs> but she's got, apparently one of the auditors asked about dapples in the auditor room. So here we are here to serve. And you have some weird news. Oh, my God. God, the weird news. And y'all sending me gator stories. Good Lord. I got like 10 stories about gators. So if it's gator hunting season down in Florida, that's all I'm going to say is people do some weird stuff in Florida. <laughs> and uh, we're in the post show. We are going to do a post show. And in the post show, we'll talk a little TV. We'll talk a little family. We'll talk a little, about a little bit of everything in the post show. So... I read this article done by the Brookings Institute, which does some serious study and research stuff. Study show type yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, study show type stuff. They estimate the total average family with a child born in 2015 to a middle class family, so just average, is expected to spend $310,000 till that child moves out of the house. I feel like that's low. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I wonder what that is if the girl or boy gets into horses. Oh, man. Do we, do we double it? What? <laughs> like $310,000 from birth till 18. From birth till, it doesn't even, I think they said till the, till they left the house. I, I think it was post college, but that can't even include college because college costs that nowadays. But yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot to raise a kid. Yeah. Yeah. They just, and they, they, you know what, you know what I've realized about children is you take him out to dinner and they never pick up the check ever. <laughs> they're just take all the time. They're never like, you know what? I got this one ever, ever. <laughs> and you know what? Probably never will. Maybe never. when he's 30. No. <laughs> so yeah, I want to know Brookings. What is it for a horse kid? How much does that go up? Is it up to 500000 Is it double? What is it? We need to know. All right. Daily Winnie time. I 
have a lot of birthdays uh, for auditors today. Uh, Deborah Pippin, Aaron Grogan, Eileen Miller, Aubrey Moore, Kelly Peterson, and my old friend Samantha Clark, who I did two shows with in the past about the World Equestrian Games, and also host of the Sales and Breeding episode, Emily Wood. It's her birthday, too. So happy birthday to all of you. It must have been a popular day for, well, you know. <laughs> Man, I had an experience yesterday that just gives me, it just reminds me that I'm doing the right thing. That sounds weird, but here's the thing is I had two horses come in from Horse and Hound. One was a, oh my gosh, like a 15 two-hand thoroughbred, but looked like a dang quarter horse. I mean, solid built quarter horse. And he has, yes, been adopted by the same people that have Drax out in Colorado. And he's going to go oh, cool. in the spring and go be a trail horse for them. So I'm really excited. He's going back. They can't pick him up till April. They don't need him till April. So he's going to go back to the rescue, be boarded, and they're doing some budget stuff and basically they're going to send him to me for a couple months before he goes out. So Salvo was adopted. And so now it left me with one horse named, Oh, what luck I call him lucky. And Oh, what luck. Every time I got on him, he was just in QR, which is just not quite right. Just like I get on him and his head would go up and his ears would kind of go halfway back. And I, I was like, is he scared of me? A rider up here? He only raced like three times, boat attendant, and then went to therapy and then went to the rescue and then had some abscesses and stuff. So anyway, he's all sound and sane and all the things. But as sweet as he was on the ground, he just didn't seem to like riders. So I got on him the first time and I inch my leg over and set him, set down on him. And, uh, I was like, uh, I think I'm going to get off. And Ginger, who's leading him wrong, goes, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> so I, and he's like 17 hands. He's huge. So I slide off of him. And the next day I'm like, I'm going to do the bear. So I put the bear on him and he was totally fine for this giant floppy teddy bear. So day three, I'm like, I'm going to get on him. And so I, put my foot over him and I sit down and that head goes up and he's like, and I was like, let's just take me on a pony ride. Just lead me around. And she's having to like pull him forward. He didn't want to move at all. And just as a, because he's like number 110 that I've trained, I just was like, there's something not quite right. He has a weird looking back. Like he's really, he's so big is this really long back. And so I called, you know, I, I rode him the, the next day and got him to where he could walk, but like, it was like five or six steps at a time and he just wasn't quite comfortable. And so this is how I know I'm with the right people is I call the rescue and I'm like, listen, I need back x-rays. There's something going on in his back. And she's like, well, I can send a chiropractor out. I was like, well, how much does that cost? hundred bucks. All right, let's take that hundred bucks and do some diagnostics before we have people manipulating things. Okay, great. I take him up to the clinic yesterday and he has two places in his back in the spine that are, are, are kissing spine, but it's not severe, but it, it different horses threshold of pain are different. And basically I've got this 17 hand big gentle giant with kissing spine and 
I have the vet call Nelda and she, they talk on the phone and come back and they're like, we're going to do some injections and get them, get them right. So this was one that could be helped with some injections. At least try it. It may work. It may not work, but it may relax the back, you know, and, and the kind of surrounding tissues and help with some of the pain. And she says, do it. You know, and this is a place that like very easily could have been like, all right, done, you know, but she's, she's the kind of person that's like, okay, we're going to diagnose it, treat it and, and try the training again. So he went back to the rescue. He's going to spend a couple weeks hanging out and then he's going to come back to me and we're going to try it again. And what is just awesome is that I can say, this is not right. And she will let me figure it out and spend the money to do something about it and then treat, treat it on top of it. So I was just really pleased that all of that kind of happened the way it did. And, uh, just as a side note, what I've noticed is that horses that don't, they move nicely on the ground. And the second you get on them, they don't want to go forward and they may have cuts on their leg, mainly their back legs. But if they're always cutting up their back legs, investigate the spine because I feel like they've all, all the horses I've had that have had kissing spine have been very consistent in that. So just so you know, that's what I look for. And he had some cuts on his legs. And when I sat on him, he didn't want to go. And we, we checked it out and here we go again. And it's so funny because I go up to the vet clinic and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, I need back x-rays. Well, would you like a lameness exam? No, no, no. <laughs> just, <laughs> just use back X-rays. I know he's lame. That's why. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know something's wrong. But we could investigate. No, 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 no. Just right there. Just take a picture right there. And this clinic is so used to me doing that because I've done it probably five or six times now, where I brought horses up and go, okay, right there. Yeah, right. No, right. Okay. A little further back. Okay. Right there. Because <laughs> you can just feel it as a rider. So I'm just really pleased that, and I'm just really grateful that I work with an organization and a, a human who is such a good person. And so not only to, to trust me to check it out, to spend the money to do it, but also then spend the money to treat it. So it's really cool to work with a rescue like that. Well, let's hope this horse has a little bit of what his name implies. I know, right? Come on, yeah. oh, what luck. We need some luck. <laughs> let's hope so. Well, um, we're going to get to somebody who didn't need luck because she had a ton of skill. And she that's... did need some luck, okay? We'll get to <laughs> yeah, that. Well, well, the second, there's two parts to this story. We're going to hear both <laughs> parts. Uh, that's Beyond Ribbons rider, Charlotte Merrill Smith, of course, our para rider, and she went to the U.S. Para National Championships. We're going to hear all about that. But first, I got to tell you, over at StatelineTAC.com, they're continuing their Labor Day sale, I think, through the week. And if you go there right now, you're going to find some, a whole bunch of different stuff, but they have some tack that is by a company that uh, I love and have always loved since we had our tack shop, and that's Shires. So Shires has some excellent saddle pads. They have some bridles. They have some leather work. Uh, they, they have stirrups, all different kinds of stuff. But right now, they have them at 25 to 50% off. Head over to StatelineTack.com right now. That's just one of the many things they have. Well, I'll I tell really you. Like Shire stuff. I tell you a story about State Line Tag. Farm Boy decided he went to a, a friend's ranch west of Oklahoma City and they sold him 
for real affordable a um, Australian saddle. And so he brings this Australian saddle, which is as close to an English saddle as he will ever sit in. So it was kind of cool. I was like, they oh, you're like. cool to ride in. I've ridden in them. Yeah. yeah. And, but he's like, it's just a saddle. It needs girths and things. And it's all oh. wacky under there. And I don't know what it is. And he's like, well, do you have a girth? And I'm like, that's not, that's not a girth. Like, that's not a Western girth. That's not an English girth. That's some sort of like. Australian girth, and I don't know a whole ton about it, but I will say that guess who had them? State Line Tech. <laughs> so you got yourself an Aussie, Aussie girth. <laughs> well, I, I, he, we're going to measure for it today, and then he's going to going to make the purchase on State Line Tech. But it's so funny because I have been riding miles my Andalusian in my jump saddle because it's my widest one, and bless his heart, he needs something wide. So my friend Larissa was like, "This is the one I ride my Andalusians in." And so we bring it up, but it's a giant dressage saddle. I mean, it's huge, and I put it up on miles, and he was like, "That thing." Goes it's ridiculous. And I'm like, coming from the guy who just bought an Australian saddle <laughs> without a girth. Uh, so we're going to experience all of it. So I will keep you guys posted on how that uh, how that all goes. But thanks to State Line Tech for actually having a little bit of everything. All right. Let's give Charlotte a call. Charlotte, thanks for joining us and congratulations. Oh, thank you. Tell everybody had- what you did. Well, I was incredibly fortunate to be able to go to the U.S. Para National Championships, which was held at Lamplight in conjunction with the Festival of Champions. So it was absolutely awesome to have all the able-bodied riders out there at a big CDI. And I know it's not a site, not a CDI. And then have all the para, uh, the qualified para riders. Um, and my horse was, we had to drive, took two days to get out there. Um, my parents drove us out there. And it was awesome. Um, and I had a great ride the first day and won by a bunch of points. I don't remember what my score was. So um, what, 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 what class did you win? Shoot, the, the team test. Um, but it really, it's for the Paras, like, it, the name doesn't really, they're changing it all. Like, it's sort of wonky. Okay. Um, but anyway, the team test was the first day, and I got to win that. Um, and then the second day, I absolutely won the warm-up. Ruth was so proud of me. She said, that's the best riding I've ever seen you do. Um, got really excited. And it was, this is 97% my fault. I could, I was really indecisive about which a, side of A to go in. I went up the center line. And I literally think Gigi thought she was supposed to jump it. Like her shoulders went by it and her stomach bulged out. And needless to say, I fell off. <laughs> what? It got a little wild. So I fell off going up the center line. <laughs> um, well, no, she went in and then turned and jumped out of the arena. <laughs> mm. So being a para rider that I am, fell off. Um, and uh, yeah. Then I went to the hospital to the ED to make sure I didn't break anything because I can't feel anything. So, um, you don't yeah. fall off that often either, do you? Really? Well, no, I've only fallen off basically because it's my fault. I think this is the third time I've fallen off GG. So, and I've had it for two years. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, Jamie falls off more than that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what but, did she spook at again? Yeah. Um, I think she really thought I, the A was pretty big, like this big square um, flower box. And uh, I think that she, because I was like, wait, should I go to where I was? I was like, should I go to the right of it? Should I go to the left of it? And instead of her just sort of like sneaking past it, because I was quite close to it, she got spooked by it. Like, I think because of the horse's vision is different, um, it like appeared in her vision really at a funny time. Um, that didn't do know. well for your stop at A, did it? Uh. No, and I stopped before A. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have cancer you, in my test, so. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, nothing's broken. I'm quite. I'm still sore. I got on yesterday, actually, for the first time since I've been since I fell off, um, because it's so hard to explain. But my paralyzed body, like I can feel weird things. It just does not normal feeling. And anyway, so my hips have been really sore. Um, my hips and my hip flexors and that area of my body has been wonky. But I feel like I actually felt better on GD than I felt than I feel in my chair. Oh. The other thing I've been doing, um, we have an equisizer here. So I got on, and his name's Rocky, so I've been getting on the equisizer even before I got on Gigi. And so has that been has that been easier? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, like, warms up my hips um, before I get on. Well, and it's not quite as tall as Gigi either. Yeah. Well, congratu- half congratulations, I guess, are in order then. Thank you. Gigi <laughs> just you. is expressing her future that she would like to have in the sport of eventing. Yes. We jump things. <laughs> yes. Well, my mom used to lunge her over like rails for fun on her fun on Gigi fun day. And so we're going to have to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> or start doing it more. One or the other. Uh, you know, well, not with me. <laughs> we keep pushing for a para jumping class, you know, officially. Yeah. I. <laughs> not signing up for that today no no <laughs> no no well but things are great up here in vermont and i'm having an absolute blast and learning so much this week actually ruth is hosting an adult dressage camp which is the coolest thing if i, I was to say if i was an adult but i am an adult um yeah if anyone's interested in dressage camp definitely get in touch with me it, this is the coolest thing it's funny you just said that because so there are times that we don't think of ourselves as adults. Matter oh, of fact, yeah. most of the time. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I'm excited to get you back down here so uh, and to get together again. It's been a while. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us, Charlotte, with that update. And uh, congratulations again. You took a blue ribbon away from the U.S. Paranational Championships. That's pretty good. Yeah, and I qualified to get there. Yeah, so that's yeah. wonderful. I'm, I'm, we're very proud of you over here, and we're Thank glad you. you didn't break anything. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Charlotte. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. There you go. Uh, so I am so glad when I read all of that, and I have talked to her since then. She she was so excited about day one, and then to have that at the be- beginning of the test on day two, and she had practiced her freestyle. Um, so she she was supposed to do her freestyle, and she was so excited about her freestyle, which apparently is pretty cool and great music too. So we're we'll have to, to find out next time. <laughs> 
But uh, we're also going to catch up. Uh, we, we've already caught up with two of our riders now. There's a third rider that we haven't caught up with in a long time because her horse has been lame. So um, we're going to get her on anyway to kind of give us an update because it's been a long time since we talked to to her. But uh, we're pretty caught up now on our riders. And they'll be coming into the fall season here. And I know Charlotte will be doing a lot more showing down here in Ocala as well. Well, the horse health segment is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. And I think, Jamie, you can introduce our guest because I think she's here. Well, Dr. Latcher is one of our favorite veterinarians in the world, and we seem to always talk to her when we have random weird questions, which is what we're going to have today for you, Doc. <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. So, uh, before I, I want to tell everybody a little bit about your podcast and your book and your husband's book. But first we had a question from our, one of our auditors and uh, they were asking about dapples. And it's interesting that she just asked that because I have two three year old gray horses. And one is an Andalusian, and he's now at that phase where he's starting to get dapples. And my other gray horse is, he just looks like a roan, like kind of like a grayish, blackish, reddish, dirty kind of roan horse. So I'm trying to figure out, is he going to dapple? So let's start with what the heck are dapples? That's a great question that we don't really know the answer to. <laughs> well, thanks for being on with us. We appreciate it. Talk to you later. <laughs> Is it a genetic thing? Do we not know? So in certain horses, it is definitely genetic. And those horses have the silver gene, which is different than the gray gene. So when you see like a liver chestnut, um, you know, there's certain, um, there are certain gray horses that do have the silver gene. Uh, those horses are like the other day I saw a liver chestnut pony that had like just those classic liver chestnut dapples. And that is what we call the silver gene. So we know where those dapples come from on everybody else. Geneticists feel like it is, there is a genetic component. We just don't quite know what it is, which means it's probably fairly complicated. Yeah, well, it sounds fairly complicated. So I had a horse that was a dark bay that would have dapples. So he had a silver gene in there somewhere? No, on bays it's different. And that's that's the fun part of this. I have a dark bay now that dapples for two months out of the year. And then I take a million pictures during that two months because I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, look how amazing she looks. And then they go away. So that's part of the problem is we don't really know what the full genetics are. Geneticists, like I said, agree there probably is a component of it, but it's really complicated unless you are one of those colors that shows the silvering gene. Like there are some gray horses who have it uh, and there are um, like the liver chestnuts. Uh, most commonly, if you think about like a Rocky Mountain saddle horse, mm -hmm. that is a silver gene to get that chocolate. And those will often dappling as part of it. But one of the things that you need is the ability in your color genetics to have different color hairs in there. And so chestnuts are difficult to get dapples on because they don't, unless they have that, that gene in there that allows them to have some of the darker hair colors, you can't do it because you don't, you don't have the ability. Your, your hair follicles can't make that color. Interesting because... You will see these horses, Andalusians, thoroughbreds, I mean, any breed, they'll, they're born super dark. 
And as they grow up and they get older, they start to gray out and they end up graying out with these dapples and then they end up turning gray and then they end up flea bitten like Arabs do too. And uh, is all of that just like kind of like a, what's the, what's the word? It's just like a process that happens. But with my young thoroughbred, he's not dappling at the, and he's the same age as the Andalusian. So is that just potentially just completely different color genetics. I just thought it was a gray horse was born black and turns white and dapples in the middle. It's very, very, very different genetics. And, and like I said, you know, gosh, I would love to know what the color genetics are on dapples, man. I would, I would definitely select for that, you know? Well, I'm sorry. (laughs) Aren't you a doctor? Can't you like figure this out? Jeez. (laughs) There's a very good company that does a lot of this called Etalon, E-T-A-L-O-N. They do a wonderful job with a lot of the, the color genetics type things. And so um, they actually have my horse's DNA right now, my, my newest one, trying to figure out. Um, they're looking at her genetics for me so that I can look at all kinds of fun things on her. But You know what? Like, I, I see the, our, our musician friend, Templeton Thompson, the next song is Dabbles in the Middle. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what, that begs the question, what makes you a doctor curious about something what's going on that you you want some somebody else to do some research about it well mostly you know it's a combination of things right it's the the silver gene that creates silver dapple horses comes with some other problems with it if a horse has two copies of that then they have multiple ocular abnormalities um and these are rocky mountain horses in particular are known to have problems with their iris uh, and that comes with that copy of that gene. So for one thing, I want to understand, like, why does, why are those things together? You know, like, what are they next to? Like, dapples apparently go with eyeballs somehow in, in babies. Like, I don't understand that. Um, and then I also, you know, I just, I want to know, like, what, how does this work in other horses, right? Like, so genetics has kind of loaded the gun. We need something to pull the trigger. So what can I do if I've got these genetics? How can I use them? you know, to my advantage to create that daply dark bay that I love, what what can I do? You know, how can I affect the diet? We do know that horses who have the ability genetically to dapple will not do it if they are not on an appropriate nutritional plane, in particular fat. So, you know, it can be an indication of, oh, this horse is on a good nutritional plane. Uh, it has also been shown to be linked to reproductive health. So this horse is particularly fertile right now. They're very dapply. Doesn't necessarily work on the grays and the silver dapples, but on, you know, your bays and some of those guys, you can look at it that way. So you see the dapples coming on your bay. You're like, I'm doing something right. Yeah. Give yourself a pat on the back. You did a good job. Okay. That was always a wife's tale too, was that, you know, they get dapples because they're healthy. It, it, it's actually been proven to, not unlike many wives' tales, it's actually been proven to be somewhat true. That those horses are in a very good nutritional and reproductive plane at that point. I would like to go back to the fact that Dr. Latcher has now officially given me something else to stress about with my horses <laughs> is that, oh, the dappled ones are blind. Like, <laughs> that's pretty much what I heard. Only only the chocolate dappled ones. Some of, some of the weirder, you know, few silver dapple horses. And that's the, the silver dapple is a very specific gene. So if you're wondering if your horse has that, Genetic testing is very valuable to let you know that you've got that on board. Are, do you have Rocky Mountains? Is that what you ride? No, I have I have a wide variety, but no Rocky Mountains. Interesting. I have okay. um, 
You Mostly know what that says to me as a horse husband? I have a wide variety. That means she has 85 horses in the yard and has no idea how many she has. Yeah. That's what that tells me. Okay, maybe a little bit. <laughs> now, is this a case, side note, of the cobbler's kids have no shoes, or do your horses get, like, the top-notch best of everything, or are you like, wow, that's too expensive? Um, No, I find... That uh, sort of we can say it's the cobbler's kids, but it's really that I think that simple is best. And so, you know, if you look in my feed room, it's pretty boring. It's good quality feed, but there are no supplements in there except for electrolytes. Uh, They do get lots of grass and they get lots of outside time. Um, I am, you know, relatively blessed to live in a state where grass grows faster most of the summer than any of us want it to. But there's nothing that beats the omega fatty acid ratios of grass. So, you know, plenty of turnout and then good basic nutrition is what my horses get. God, you're so blessed to live down in Florida where it's just like, and grow, done, and rain, (laughs) done. (laughs) Some of us in the uh, drier states at this time are, yeah, we're having to to supplement that vitamin E and all of the, the omegas because, you know, we just don't live in Florida, so that is true. But you do have ginormous bugs, so there is that. We do have ginormous bugs, and boy, do we have humidity. And we can talk about trying to keep shoes on in the raining season with horses. <laughs> <laughs> Go out a lot. Yeah. Well, at least you don't have to spend a lot on supplements, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dr. Latcher, I want to get to you and your husband have some books written, uh, aside from also having a podcast. And so tell yes. us first about the, the books. So um, my husband married into this gig later in life, and uh, he came to the conclusion that being on call with me is a bit of an adventure, and he's a horse husband. So he wrote Adventures of the Horse Doctor's Husband, parts one and two, about what it's like to be on call with me on an mm-hmm. average day. <laughs> he gets drug around after hours and on weekends. So we see some crazy stuff. Uh, there's, there's a story about a horse in a sinkhole, you know, uh, fun and amazing things that owners get themselves into all kinds of stories just about what we do. Awesome. And, and then, and, and there's one about how to be a vet, I think. Yes, there is a, a looming crisis in equine medicine and that we do not have any equine vets graduating. So part of our, we have several different ways that we are trying to, to make new veterinarians, but one of them is that we wrote a book about how to become an equine veterinarian and the things that are important to think about when you're in your high school and early college years to make sure that all those boxes are checked that make you a really top quality candidate. All right. So I've heard this from about three different vets in the last two months. Is it, is that, are you exaggerating a little or are there really no, nobody graduating as a horse vet anymore? I wish that I was exaggerating. If anything, I'm understating the problem. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's because nobody wants to be on call at three in the morning running out the farms? It's a combination of things. But yeah, there's there's that component of it. Um, there's the cost. The sheer cost of becoming an equine veterinarian is is huge. And the financial... So it's higher rewards. than it would be for a, a small animal vet? It's, no, it's it's the same, sort of. Um, the problem is that most of us as equine veterinarians, when we graduate school, we then also need to go out and do an internship because one of the, the things about this lifestyle is that we get stuck in a truck and we're off on our own. And so that internship after school gives us that time to, to learn a bit more in the trenches, right? 
And the problem with that internship is we don't make a lot of money or because we're, we're doing a, you know, we're working, but learning at the same time. Right. So there's a give and take to it. And I'm, I, I loved my internship and I, I think they're amazing, but it puts you behind the eight ball again. And, you know, that prepares you to then be in the truck. The other problem is the efficiency model. If you think about taking your dog or cat to the veterinarian, they can run through 40 or 50 patients in a day where we can run through 10, 12 if we're doing, you know, one horse, one horse, one horse, one horse. And, and that's a long day. It's not as it's not as lucrative. You know, take your dog to these take horse your horse fest, They make that. a fortune. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm in it for the money. Um, <laughs> so what's the so, solution? Do we have to, is it, is it scholarships? Is it paying for people's rides to try and convince them to do it? What's the solutions? Um, I think if there is an easy solution, we'd have it. So it's not an easy solution, <laughs> but I think looking at ourselves as an industry, you know, there are some changes that need to happen to the way the practices are set up. Uh, and I think looking at it as the equine industry, you know, if you're a member of an association like AQHA or USAF or one of those, is there a way for those organizations to foster scholarships that can meaningfully reduce the debt so that these students can stay in equine medicine? Um, you know, a lot of it or some of it is on on our side, you know, figuring out how we adjust the on-call and some of those sorts of things. I think it's also as a horse owner, when your your veterinarian says, like, I cannot get there, is there a way that you can come to me? Understand that they mean that, right? And that's, it's, they're burning the candle at both ends and they're trying to figure out how to get it all done and provide the best in care for your horse. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because this, this is a real big problem. And my veterinarian, Dr. White, she and her husband have a, uh, it's not really a clinic, it's, they, they rent a barn at a giant repro clinic. And so that's where I've started going to her more often. And she's able to do more because people come to her. Yes, it is definitely a pain. It's much easier to just have her show up at my farm, but it's a lot more cost efficient to just show up at her place. And then on the side, like there, I was just talking earlier in the show about how I went to a, I took a horse to a hospital to get some radiographs of its back and all this. They actually, Ogre Dequine is now not making farm calls at all. It, they just don't have enough veterinarians to, to, to hire one to just go out on the road. And it, I think probably wasn't very cost effective. So now if you want to go, if we want to see any of these vets, you go there. Yeah. And I think that's important as a horse owner to understand and think about what that means. Like, do you have a horse trailer? Do you have the ability to load your horse? Cause we all know that there's nothing horses do better than plant their feet and say, no, I'm not going in that box. Do you want to uh, take know, me to the vet? A, no way. <laughs> have a plan for what you're going to do in case, you know, this happens and, and you really do need to go. For us, we cover a large area to the north of our clinic for emergencies very often. And we we cannot get to those emergencies. They have to come in to us. We just, we can't go that far away. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's the book called? Because I know there's a lot of people listening who have teenagers or young girls at the barn. And I think this is a great Christmas gift for girls at the barn and, and boys too. And um, what's the book called? It's called How to Become an Equine Veterinarian. Simple enough. Where can they find it? Amazon? You name it, you can find it there. But Amazon is a great place. 
Perfect. Dr. Latcher at Spring Hill Equine. Thank you so much for being on with us and uh, I appreciate it and hope you have a great day. You too. I'm here with the mad scientist who developed daily dose equine horse feeds, Janet Geyer. And I wanted to have a quick chat with you because daily dose equine horse feeds are non-GMO whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com. It will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance so you can have it delivered every X number of days. And you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today. DailyDoseEquine.com online or Chewy.com. Well, I got to drive Scooter over the weekend back from the trip, and we took, I ground drove him through the woods uh, and all on all the trails the first day, and then we took him out in the cart the second day. And I got to tell you, you know, for a pony that doesn't get driven a lot, who used to be a real handful, he is just so. You know what the word is now? You know, he's 13 now, so he's a little older, but uh, he's thoughtful. You know, whereas before he was reactionary, mm-hmm. partly becoming because he was a, he's a hackney and they're, they're born that way, I think. But um, he's just become thoughtful. So when he sees now something that uh, is scary in the woods or, you know, there's a bike, there's a group of bicyclists going down the bike trail in the woods. This is one of the hard ones for any horse when they can hear the people, but they can't see them. So you can hear him from a ways off coming through the trail in the woods for the bikes, and you don't see him yet. I mean, even Nigel gets his ears up on that. It's just scary when you can't see him. But he had a couple of situations like that in the woods, and we went through some pretty narrow paths where I was a little afraid about the cart getting stuck between two trees. But we made it, and he was great. Jennifer didn't have to get off once and help him through a, you know, a, a tight situation where he had to think about it. I had to back up a couple times. And I'm just so impressed with my pony we were out for about an hour and a half in in some pretty thick jungle so uh he was great well i think there's a there's a a book i believe it's john steinbeck the red pony which is not a read for children which is when i read it um but (laughs) there's a part in the book where the he turns out the red pony for the first time into the field and Basically, they're waiting to see if the red pony is going to run through the barbed wire fence and kill himself, or is he going to respect the barbed wire fence? And this pony has been nothing but difficult and trying and and all the things. And I remember he, he talks about turning the pony out and... The pony runs, runs, runs around the field and just at the last second before the barbed wire makes a turn. And the little boy kept turning to his dad and he goes, it turned him, Paul. It turned him, Paul. (laughs) And I think of that all the time when horses learn something. I always go, it turned him, Paul. Like, like that you're describing of Scooter to be like, like he learned something. It turned him, Paul. (laughs) For new listeners, when we got him as a starving pony and then he got unstarving, he, uh, he, his, Go to was the bolt. I yeah. mean, you know, anytime he heard, especially leaves or something rustling behind him. How much do the borders at your barn hate you? Because you're the one, number one, you with the pony who's scary, and number two, you're pulling a cart. <laughs> That's been interesting, you know, because when we got there, they all said, You're not going to drive that around my horses. 
So they were all freaked out. And of course, this time when we go out into the woods, we meet two groups of them. And guess what? Their horses didn't do anything. You know, it turned so. them, Paul. See, everybody's <laughs> learning. You know, I wish I could take credit for Scooter, but I truly think it's time and maturity that have just, you know, it works for people, right? People get more mature as they get wait, older. Wait, wait, Are you telling me that growing up, giving them time, mm. showing them patience and consistency has actually worked? That's so mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> I kind of think that's it. I kind of think that's what's worked for. I would wow. like to say I'm a wonderful horse trainer and all of that, but I'm not. So uh, I have to give it to time and you know, age. Is By the way, but, explaining to farm boy and anybody around, if I say the words, it turned him Paul, they always look at me like I'm psycho. <laughs> <laughs> but I say it all the time. Like I'll go to do join up and they I come think, and then they uh, it's like, I'll be I like, I think it half of what you Paul. said has him confused. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, bless him. Let's do some weird news. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's Weird News. Well, I would like to thank these individuals for sending me weird news stories. It's been a banner week in the weird news department. (laughs) Jessica, Sarah, Abby, Scott, 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 (laughs) Ina, Jennifer, Rachel, Laura, and Laureen all sent me stories. Like I said, there was a ton of gator stories, so I'm going to skip those. Maybe I'll do like a gator day. Of like all (laughs) gator gator stories, gator day. Um, But all these people sent me weird news stories. If you're ever looking at, you know, whatever news aggregator you're searching in and you go, wow, that looks really weird. Email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. That is the way I will be able to find it when I'm prepping all of this. And uh, I appreciate you guys all helping. So I have some audio for the first one that I sent you, Glenn. And this is, let's see, it's a news blooper. And it, if it's inappropriate, edit it out. But I thought it was pretty dang funny. So this is Fox 2 Detroit's Amy Andrews describing the weather on Wednesday. already this morning just flying by like this week it's wednesday right i think so hump day yeah um, yeah we're getting there hopefully we'll have a dry hump day it's not real oh. <laughs> <laughs> no the re- funniest part was the reaction of her co-host co-host jay towers and ellen longstreet were stopped in their tracks when she said hopefully we'll have a dry hump day <laughs> His face was fresh. He's he like, didn't get it. Oh. I didn't get it first either. He didn't catch it at first either. And then when he caught it, it was like, oh my God. All right, play it again <laughs> just to hear his reaction. Oh, I just closed it. I'm oh, sorry. come on. <laughs> you didn't you can't hear his reaction. He didn't say anything. He just his face. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, I just thought that. <laughs> now you were in ma- mainstream radio. Do they dock your pay for that one, or? Uh... Um, no, because that's not a findable <laughs> offense, but it is hilarious. And thank God that there weren't things such as going viral when I was doing a live radio show back in the day. Because well, I'm sure I said a lot of stuff. The funny stuff. part about this is too. She like you and I sometimes. She had no idea what that what she was saying. She just said it, and then after it dawned on her too. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's funny and she right, ended up one. tweeting a ton about it like she's like I oh bet. my god i'm such a kid like, <laughs> that's good for ratings yeah, exactly <laughs> all right 
We're going to go to Berea, Ohio. Okay. You know, there's those crazy people in the world who like to get up super early or stay up super late and go to the gym. You know what I'm talking about? There's the Powerhouse Gym in Berea, Ohio. It's open 24 hours. And Christina Falds decided that she was going to use the inversion table, which is apparently a piece of workout equipment designed to stretch your back. But it like kind of turns you upside down. Yes. And so she's there at three in the morning. There's only one person that's also there way off in another room. Apparently, Powerhouse Gym is pretty big. And so she straps herself into the inversion table. And it. she says, quote, I think the thing went too far. And I just stuck upside down. I cannot get myself right side up. The only other person was in another room lifting weights. She started calling for help. Help, help. She's hanging upside down. She says, quote, it was just so much pressure on my head. <laughs> she could, she was stuck upside down. The blood is rushing to her head. She's there seven, eight minutes upside down, which imagine hanging upside down for like 10 seconds. Your face starts to feel like it's going to explode. She can't get any help. She's screaming. Nobody's coming. She uses her smartwatch. To call the police. <laughs> I didn't She's, even know you could do that. By the way, all this is on video because why wouldn't sure you video is. yourself working out? <laughs> so basically, Christine decided I'm going to set my phone over here and I'm going to video myself working out. Um, she's on the video going, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. Oh, dear Lord, my ankles are burning. The police swarmed the gym a few minutes later and they walked in and they see Christine hanging Upside down. <laughs> they, all this is still being videoed. They flip the table right side up and she turns to the camera and says, easiest rescue ever. <laughs> uh, the whole thing lasted about 12 minutes. She said she had a little bit of a headache, but she um, decided to go ahead and post the video on TikTok. And she says, quote, people are like, why would you post that? It's like so embarrassing. But I'm like, sometimes you just got to laugh at yourself and like move on. That was a quote. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so we're going to now go to Montenegro, and you say, where is Montenegro? It is near Montenegro, like north of Greece and next to Kosovo and Serbia, and, and so we're talking like other side of the world. All right, so in Montenegro, uh, apparently they have trouble finding things to do, so they have a <laughs> competition where they have the lying down championship. You this just, lady that was in the last story would be perfect for this. Yeah. You just you just <laughs> lay down. It's a competition where the goal is to do nothing but lay down. And one man did emerge victorious after spending 60 hours laying on the ground. <laughs> so uh, it says a... The end goal is to spend as much time lying down as possible. It sounds easy enough, but as time passes by, your bones and muscles start to ache and your limb goes numb and you just want to get up and stretch, but you can't because you're in a competition for lying down. It's a very athletic endeavor. It's a feat of champions. And uh, 
Radoye Blajovic um, was the cha- uh, he was the creator of the championship, and um, this year Zarko Pehanovic uh, took home the cash prize of three hundred and fifty euros and a lunch for two at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> the only restaurant in town. <laughs> this dude so had I looked nothing else to do. They have six hundred thousand is their population. You probably have that in Norman. <laughs> so uh, that's the population of the whole country of Mont- Montenegro. I don't know many people from there, but if you're listening, I would love to hear if from you. If we have any listeners from there, let us know. I kind of doubt it, but because apparently they don't even have TV. There's nothing to do there. I know. So. <laughs> Since I give you a short one, I'm going to give you a two more. Um, and this one is there's a... a, a in Japan, a woman reports that there's a monkey running loose in Fuji City in the Shizukawa Prefecture, that place. Uh, so there's a monkey running around, and apparently there's been a lot of attacks by macaws, macacaws across Japan. I don't know. I'm sorry. I can't pronounce any of this. She's got to own it. But a macaw sounds like a parrot so anyway there's a monkeys that are tagging people and this lady sees one and she calls the monkey hunters she's like there's a monkey lose y'all need to come get it so this team of monkey hunters in japan come out and they see the monkey and she's like there it is and she reaches her arm out and points there it is and the monkey hunters shot their tranquilizer dart right into her arm and she went down <laughs> so the lady was reporting the sight of the monkey she was then shot with the tranquilizer gun in her arm she hit the ground and she said they said the hunter's finger slipped the hunter's finger slipped and uh yeah the helpful woman was then uh, laid down for about two hours <laughs> she could have been in the laying down championship uh so <laughs> yeah they did rush her to the hospital she woke up an hour or two later and uh suffered no injuries and was released that day and the good news is the monkey is still at large <laughs> all right and this one's my favorite for the day okay so who do we get a winner on this one yeah i'm gonna give it a winner why not it's like I, I read all these in chad like the headlines and he'll be like yeah no yeah no this one i read in the headline he left because we're gonna go to las vegas baby that's right we haven't had one florida today i just want to point that oh out. there were like 42 gator stories in florida <laughs> it's apparently gator hunting season and a lot of stuff's going on but i was like let's just go with some other stuff today people the Gators, just watch out in Florida. Um, so a, a woman had to be detained and arrested at the International Airport in Las Vegas. Apparently, she went to Chili's in the restaurant and got her meal and started ordering all these drinks and got a little hammered and skipped out. Dined and dashed in an airport. Where the heck are you going to go? Her name is Hen Bustami, and she was booked into the Clark County Detention Center on suspicion of airport rule misconduct. The sad thing is I, I couldn't find a booking photo 
I need to know what her mugshots look like, and I'll tell you why. Apparently, officers could not immediately find her, but soon after, the security agents reported a woman matching the description sleeping near the, quote, checkpoint, hindering their operations. She, she basically lays down where people are going through security, and she falls asleep in the, in the security checkpoint line, I guess. Uh, now... There's a scuffle. They realize they've called the police. She wakes up and she takes off and she leaves, but she doesn't leave the airport, Glenn. She goes down to get her bags. <laughs> so well, she got to have your bags. She's now down at the baggage carousel where she, um, quote, appeared to be drunk. She then became a lid belligerent with the officers and she's hammered. And do you know why she was being harassed, Glenn? Let me tell you what she said. You guys are just harassing me because you've never seen anyone as pretty as me. That's <laughs> right. right. We got to see this mugshot. I got to see the mugshot. <laughs> as she was being placed under arrest, Bustami Alet, I'm going to spit on you because you're perverts and you're trying to take advantage of me and do dirty things to me because you've never seen anyone as good looking as me. She is being held on $1,000 bail, and her court appearance is scheduled for October 27th. But I need to see what she looks like. Yeah, if anybody has a picture, I need to see that, too. I'm going to Google her. There's got to be like story. Uh-huh. Paste and search. Okay. Um, oh, okay. The Daily Mail had a photo of her claiming she was... Of course they did. The Daily Mail. I love the Daily Mail. Oh, God. And there, all the scandalous stuff. Their article is woman arrested for, quote, skipping tab in Las Vegas Chili's, claiming she was apprehended for being too good looking and that the cops wanted a raper. Oh, please tell me. <laughs> please tell me there's a picture. There is a picture. And, and? she is she's very pretty. You're not just saying that? She's actually pretty? I mean, it's like a perfect Instagram photo, probably, where she has, like, no blemishes and her makeup is on point yes. and she looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's not I'm a woman sure who posts... that way after that stint at Chili's. Uh-uh. There's, that's not a woman that posts to be real, okay? This is no. clearly an Instagram filter photo. And, yes, she's very pretty. There's a lot of pictures of her looking into the camera, kissing. Oh, there's one of her outdoors. Yeah. Just, you know. All right. Uh, but probably not. We probably can't qualify her as the prettiest woman they've ever seen in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. There you go. Those are your weird news stories. If you want to participate, like Jessica, Sari, Abby, Scott, Ina, Jennifer, Rachel, Laura, and Laureen did, please email me your weird news story, jamiehorseradionetwork.com. So uh, we will be here tomorrow. Mary, actually, Mary and Jennifer will be here tomorrow with a training episode. And then Jamie and I will be back on Friday with some really bad ads and more fun here on the show. Thank you for joining us. Have a terrific day. And we'll talk to you on Friday. Spain, neuter, geld. Hold on, auditors. We'll do a post-show.